Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and welcome to the week 16 waiver wire video. Now, first things first, guys, congratulations if you made it through the last round of the playoffs. And if you didn't, I don't know why you're still watching this video, but I guess thank you for the support. Uh, first thing I want to say is always, there'll be timestamps down in the description below, and feel free to leave a comment uh, asking questions, thoughts, concerns, anything that you want. I'll do my best to read it and to answer it. And I know that a lot of people will go on to answer each other's comments, even if I don't get to it. Um, it's really now or never. This is championship week. I know a few leagues, not all, not even most, few, uh, do their championships week 17. Most do them week 16. So for a lot of you guys, this is it. This is the week. Uh, it's go big or go home, as they say. And you know what? Let's just get into it. I got nothing else to add to this except some fantasy information and some options to consider this week. So as we always start off with the quarterbacks, let's kick this off with Ryan Tannehill. Um, this seems pretty obvious, and yet it's surprising to see he's still 32% available. That's a little bit shocking to me, but his numbers are great. Uh, we all know his numbers have been fantastic. In fact, he scored over 20 fantasy points in seven of his eight games this year, seven of his eight starts it is. And I believe in the last six weeks, he has thrown at least two touchdown passes every single game. So I believe that's five, uh, five games in the last six weeks. So five straight weeks with two or more touchdown passes he's been great and you know you couple that with a great matchup AJ Brown's been playing well and he goes against the Saints they allow the 10th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks that number has been steadily increasing I know just last week it was the 11th most and that's because the last few weeks have been really bad for the Saints they've allowed nine touchdown passes in the last three games so that's you know an average of three touchdown passes a game all in all when we look at this this seems to be a great matchup for Tannehill he's not the most highly available quarterback out there but he is fa fairly available and we're going to talk about some more guys and honestly of all the guys he's the guy I like the most he is really as I've said many many times completely revitalized that offense and it's a way more fun watching the Titans now than it was when it was just straight defense for them but let's get on with our next quarterback option for the week uh, Gardner Minshew um, there's a lot of risk here. I don't love him. He's not a Ryan Tannehill, but he is 85% available. So for those of you in deep leagues or two quarterback leagues, definitely take a look at him. Plays the Falcons that allow the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And like I say, he's not the best quarterback, but he threw two touchdowns last week and he's got great weapons. Uh, even with DJ Chark out, he's still got Fournette, Chris Conley, DD Westbrook. He's still got guys to throw to. And, you know, he's a young player. He's playing for his future. So, you know, he's certainly, he's not a Ryan Fitzpatrick or one of those older quarterbacks who may not even be playing next year. Like, you know, this guy's playing to get more time to be the starter next year. So you can bet that no matter what happens, this guy's going 100%. And I do like that because there are always those players who are, you know, studs and they, um, we even heard it from a few guys. I just watched an interview the other day of a guy who was saying, you know, at some point in the season when you're winning big week 16, week 17, you kind of just start getting worried about getting injured. And they sometimes, you know, play 90% or whatever. And that's not going to be a concern for him. This guy's playing. And the other thing to it really is that he has... You know, he said that one game and then he lost his job to Nick Foles. Nick Foles played terrible, but all in all, he's played better than Foles. And that one game, I believe he still threw over like 300 yards. And so, again, not great, but in deep leagues, Gardner Minshew is a guy to look at. Um, I definitely take a look at Mitchell Trubisky. He's 78% available, so he is highly available. And I probably like him more than Gardner Minshew. With Allen Robinson there, with uh, Anthony Miller, who's really turning it on lately, um, he's got some good weapons. 
Um, he's played a lot better recently. In fact, again, we, we've, a lot of people know this, but in three of his last six games, he's thrown three touchdown passes. So he's had some very effective outings, and they're not afraid to let him throw the ball a lot in an efficient situations. What I mean by efficient situations is in the red zone. A lot of quarterbacks are good quarterbacks, but they get into the red zone, and typically what happens is you run the ball and you score a touchdown on the ground game. That is very common. Um, but they're not like that. In fact, he's thrown 11 touchdown passes in the red zone since week seven. That is second most among quarterbacks. And so he's absolutely one of those guys who has sort of had that production, right? Where he is being very well used. And furthermore, he's being used in a fair amount of volume too. So when we go back to six games ago, he threw the ball just 23 times. But after that, he threw the ball 43 times, 41 times, 38, 31, and 53 times last week. Um, so he's certainly getting his attempts up there. And with the weapons we mentioned earlier, he's definitely a guy to look at this week versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a good offense. They figured some things out. They're going to score their points. And they're definitely going to force the Bears and Trubisky to throw the ball quite a bit. So it could be another good fantasy day for him this week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the final quarterback uh, here that I'm going to talk about. At 75% available, definitely take a look at him. He's been very effective recently. Plays the Bengals this week. They allow the ninth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and it probably even higher, but their offense sucks, and so quarterbacks don't throw the ball as much as they do against most teams. You guys know that the stats are a bit skewed. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's, the guy's great. It's hilarious. He looks like a 15-year-old out there playing uh, just in some field somewhere with his friends, throwing the ball around, no look, whatever, just having fun. And, you know, it's crazy because it's equated to fantasy numbers. It really has. In the last four games, he has scored 25, 31, 18, and 22 fantasy points. Um, it's a good matchup. I like it a lot. He's been playing very, very well recently and really going out there making some plays. So... Uh, again, Fitzpatrick, one more guy to look at, though. As I mentioned, I've talked about all these guys. My favorite is Ryan Tannehill. Then it's probably Trubisky, and then it's Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew. I don't typically like to order my waiver wire claims, but I know a lot of you guys have been asking, so I just did it there for the quarterbacks. But uh, anyways, there's about four considerations for you guys to look at. Let's move on to the running backs now, though. Because uh, you have to take a look at Raheem Mostart. He's only 18% available, but I have a hard time believing that in 18% of leagues, you uh, teams just have better running backs, right? Like two better backs and a better flex. I don't know what percentage of you guys are in flex leagues, but he's been so productive recently. He's got five touchdowns in the last four games, four straight games with a rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. Uh, he's been great. He's been very phenomenal. And you know, even the coaches came out, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, you know, there's only so long that he can carry the ball for six yards a carry before they just have to give him more touches. And, and you know what? It's come. The more touches he saw, 19, 10, and 14 carries over the last three games. And he has been, uh, as of lately, sort of the leading running back for the 49ers um, and starting to turn that from a running back by committee to more of a Raheem Mostart's the guy, and they've got some solid backups. Um I'm not ready to call him the pure starter yet, but man, he's been turning it on lately, and he definitely deserves a spot on a roster for sure. Um, 
He's probably my number one running back pickup this week. I love Raheem Mostert. He's so quick and so effective. It wasn't this last game, but the game before I was watching, uh, turn it on, turn on the game, chilling there, whatever, on the couch. And man, he just this, it's just like a five, seven, whatever. It's not even that many yards. It's not even a 10 yard touchdown run, but he was so quick and explosive that he ran into the ends without getting touched. And it, it just wasn't even surprising for me. I just sat back and thought, yeah, okay. I mean, how can a defender even catch that? He has been so effective. But let's move on to our next running back. Um, Adrian Peterson. Peterson, not nearly as effective as Raheem Mostart, who we just talked about. Um, but he's got a lot of things that I like about him. He is 47% available, and he's got a good matchup this week versus the Giants. They allow the 15th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, the thing that I like about him is that he's been fairly effective. He's seen red zone usage. He's scored in the touchdowns. And Darius Geis is on the IR. Right now, he is the guy in the backfield, and they're using him. He's got 13, 20, and 16 carries, um, and he's got three straight weeks of the rushing touchdown. So if you're in a standardly looking for a guy to plug in, Peterson's one of the is definitely a guy to take a look at. I mean, you look at last week versus the Philadelphia Eagles. He had 16 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown and scored 18 fantasy points. And that was against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And the Eagles really are. They're a solid run defense all around. Um, and, and again, Peterson played great. Uh, so he's definitely a guy to look at. Um, but as I always mentioned, probably a bit more of a standard league guy than a PPR guy. Um, and he gets a lot of his points from volume. If guys were there, I would not be telling you to pick him up or play him. Uh, Patrick Laird, or whatever his name is, uh, he's a guy to look at. Um, I don't love him, but he is the back in Miami right now, um, at least, you know, it's kind of so to speak. Uh, he's not going to be for long, and he's like, what, the fourth or fifth string guy, but due to trades and injuries and all that stuff, he slowly worked his way up. Um, and he plays the Bengals. They've given up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs. That number is actually even worse. The Bengals have allowed 38 and a half fantasy points to opposing running backs in just the last two games. So, while Patrick has not been the most effective running back, if you're in a deep league desperately scrambling for a flex play or a running back too, maybe due to injury or whatever, he can be played because this is a great matchup. There's certainly a lot of risk with it though. And as I always said, this is a waiver wire video, not a start sit video. So I would give a lot of people the advice to pick him up, even if you're not going to play him. Um, and again, depth is really important. You'd hate to go, I've got two stud running backs, I'll be fine. And then you don't pick up, pick up a backup running back, you don't solidify your bench, and all of a sudden the guy goes down, turns out he's not playing this week, and you're just stuck with nobody at your running back too. I've seen it happen before. Don't, don't act like it won't happen to you because it can. Just continue to load up your bench. That's what makes good fantasy teams good. And in fact, I don't need to tell you that. If you made the championship this week or you're playing to go to the championship, you are a good fantasy team. And I know you already know this, so I guess my apologies for talking down to you. But always a great reminder to just load up your bench. Uh, finally, the last situation I want to look at is Bo Scarborough and Wes Hills, running backs for the Detroit Lions. Now, Bo Scarborough did not play last week as he struggled with some rib issues, but it was a game-time decision, which means he almost played. And when you examine that, for me, that means he's going to be playing in this next week. He's also a guy who worked his way up from the practice squad. Like, this guy was not expected to be the back. He still has a lot to prove. And you can bet he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing 100% in this game because, like I said, he's got a lot to prove. His career and getting a good contract out of it and staying with a team and moving up the depth chart and being played next year, like, it all depends on how he finishes this year out. So it's really important. 
And, and here's the thing. I don't like West Hills. He saw 10 carries for just 21 yards. Um, if West Hills is the guy and Scarborough's out, I wouldn't even pick up Hills. Uh, but I would consider picking up both Scarborough and plugging him on your bench um, because West Hills saw two touchdowns. He had terrible 2.1 or 2.01 yards per carry. He was just awful but he still saw two touchdowns because they ran him um, on the goal line they just gave him the ball and he plunged it in something that Scarborough could have easily done he's been far more effective before missing last week he was a guy who two weeks in a row had gotten more than 20 touches um, he is really starting to work his way at least this season we'll see what happens in the offseason the next year but as of right now when he's healthy he's worked his way into the role as the guy there and he's absolutely worth a roster spot um, I was talking about some waiver wire stuff um, in the comments of a video two weeks ago, and this guy said, you know, I don't like this guy for this reason and that reason and that reason, and he stinks and, and a lot of stuff. And I just said to him, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Guys, if you're looking at the waiver wire at this point, there's not a lot of considerations to make. And, you know, if you're playing, you don't have the number one claim to pick up guys, you may not get the top running back. So I want to list a few guys on here, even though they're not my favorite. As I mentioned, Raheem Mostart, Peterson, those are probably my two favorite running backs this week to pick up. Final running back I want to talk about is Carlos Hyde. He's 22% available and he's coming off a big week. 26 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. He scored 18.4 fantasy points. He was very effective um, and a solid win over the Tennessee Titans. Um, guess congratulations to Houston Texans fans. That was a very important game for you guys to win as far as the division title goes. Carlos Hyde makes me very nervous, and he's only 22% available. That's why, as I mentioned, I probably like uh, Peterson um, a bit more, Raheem Mostart, because he's got carries a lot of risk for a guy who's not highly available. At 22% available, he's probably already owned in 12-team leagues. You're probably only going to find him in 10-team leagues or smaller. And when you look at weeks like two weeks ago versus New England, excuse me, three weeks ago, he had 10 carries for 17 yards and 3.2 fantasy points. The week after that versus Denver, he had 14 carries for 73 yards and 9.8 fantasy points. He's coming off a big game. He's had some big games, but he has seriously struggled in a lot of games. However, uh, when you look back to good matchups, he has been very effective versus Jacksonville. He had 160 rushing yards. He had 116 rushing yards and a touchdown versus Kansas City and versus Tennessee he went over 100 and a touchdown. When you break down his games that struggled, they do make me nervous, but the bright side is they were against good defenses. Against Baltimore, they lost 7-41. to 41. They got blown out, so he only saw 9 carries, but he still got 65 yards and a touchdown. Versus New England, um, they won that game. It was a great game, but what happened was uh, he had just 10 carries for 17 yards, but that is against a very good defense, and when you look at it, Texans got up big early, and they were running the ball a lot, and of course, that's great strategy, great coaching, and everything, but his yards per carry was seriously hurt simply by the fact that the Patriots knew they were going to run the ball, and they stuffed the run. They're a great defense, so it is less concerning when you break down that he struggled in tough matchups, but yeah, it is still concerning that he struggles in tough matchups, considering this week he plays the Bucks, who allow the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs though they just gave up two rushing touchdowns to Wes Hills so um, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation here he's got a lot of potential but he's got a lot of downside and he's not super highly available so I know for a lot of you he's not going to be an option to pick up this week 
Moving on now to the wide receivers. I got to put Terry McLaurin on this list at 27% available. He's got a great matchup versus the Giants. They give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So again, great matchup all around. He's been playing just phenomenal. Let's, I mean, when you just look at his last five games, he had three catches for 69 yards, five catches for 72 yards off of 12 targets, by the way. He had a bad week versus Carolina uh, with two catches for eight yards. But then the last two weeks, he, he's really stepped it up. And the play of Dwayne Haskins has looked a little bit better, and it has massively boosted the play of Terry McLaurin. He saw four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown and five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. And what I liked most was all five of his catches came on just five targets. So no drops there. And they really connected quite well. Absolutely love Terry McLaurin. Again, 27% available. If he's out there, you've got to pick Pick him up. Anthony Miller, 74% available. He shouldn't be this available. Pick him up now while you can and consider playing him even. He's been phenomenal. When you look back, last game he had nine catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. He had 140 yards and nine catches three weeks ago. And last week he had 42 yards and a touchdown. In fact, he's had six catches, six catches, nine catches, three catches, and nine catches. He's getting a lot of volume. He is. He's averaging like 10 targets a game over the last five games. There's so much to like about this guy. The volume is there. The last two weeks, he's found the end zone. He scored seven times his rookie year. He's a great wide receiver, and I'm really excited to see what he can do next year. But as for this year, at 74% available, he adds a lot of depth to your wide receiver position, and probably even more than depth. Again, for a lot of situations, consider playing him this week, but this isn't a start-sit video. So um, again, I'd say pick him up even if you're not going to start him. He, he's just been phenomenal, and he's been fun to watch, and he's been a big part as of why the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky have really gotten that passing game going. And so Anthony Miller, one of those young guys you absolutely need to keep your eye on. I like James Washington too. I mentioned him a few weeks in a row now, um, but he's still 68% available and he's still playing great. Last week versus Arizona, he saw just four targets for 33 yards, but they won 23 to 17. So it's really not a surprise to me that that happened uh, the, the prior week. Um, but he's been great. He had 90 catches and a touchdown, or excuse me, 90 yards and a touchdown off six catches. He had 98 yards and a touchdown, 111 yards and a touchdown. So leading up to that, he had three of the last five games where have been very great. He's been very effective. And he plays the Jets this coming week, who allow the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So definitely take a look at James Washington. Uh, Zach Pascal, he carries a lot of risk. I'm just going to say watch his Monday night game versus the Saints. Um, I'm recording this Sunday night, so we haven't seen how he's played this week, week 15. But in prior weeks, he'd been great. Uh, five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. The week before that, seven catches, 109 yards. Carries a lot of upside, and he is 51% available. In the right matchup, uh, he can definitely be played, and I think he's a guy to definitely own. At this point, I think you know we're starting to whittle down some really good teams, and if his risk scares you and you've got loaded depth, right? If one of your bench wide receivers is Anthony Miller, then you know maybe stay away from a Zach Pascal, but he has huge upside, and if you're lacking it wide out, he can definitely add a little bit of a pop to your roster. Uh, A.J. Brown has been the most impressive wide receiver the last four weeks, um, just hands down over anybody. He's, he's been more impressive to me, at least. He's been more impressive than Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or Adams or anybody. Um, he's been great. As I mentioned, next week, um, he plays the Saints, who give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So that's a great matchup. He's 28% available. Um, but let's break down the numbers. Versus Jacksonville, he had 135 yards and a touchdown. 
Uh, then versus Indianapolis, he had an off week. He had just three catches for 45 yards. It's only seven and a half fantasy points, but it's versus the Indianapolis Colts. The strength of that team, the strength of that defense is their pass defense. And in fact, the Titans won 31-17. So when you're up big against a good pass defense, you really can't expect him to have a big day. In fact, three catches for 45 yards ain't bad. You bounce back to a game versus Oakland where he has five catches, 153 yards, and two touchdowns. And then the next week, eight catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. His production has been absolutely through the roof, and you absolutely need to pick up A.J. Brown at this point if you still can. All right, so Darius Slayton, he's another one of those guys. He's one of those A.J. Browns. He's a young wide receiver. He's just surprised me recently, turning it on, just absolutely been great. Got to pick him up. Plays the Redskins this week. They do give up the 14th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but they have allowed wide receivers to score five touchdowns in the last five games versus them. So that uh, kind of that pass defense has actually been trending down a little bit recently. And heading into last week, um, I didn't update my stats on this, but heading into last week, he had 15.6 fantasy points per game over the previous four games. Uh, that, by the way, was best in the NFL amongst wide receivers. So that's a, a great matchup. Um, and then he had two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown this last game, which was just 11 fantasy points. That is not good. That's not bad. That's just okay. But he found the end zone. And for me, really looking at it, He's got to be at this point looking into next year, and I don't want to talk too much about next year, but um, I put him as my favorite to be the number one wide receiver on that Giants roster. At least that's the way he's been playing lately. He's really surprised me. Um, he's definitely one of those guys who he just makes big plays. He's fun to watch, and he's been one of those pieces to that offense, a struggling offense, by the way, one of the few pieces that has indeed been working, especially in an offense that struggled so much that even Barkley has been very limited, but... Um, he is certainly hurt by the play of Eli Manning recently, and I think he'd be helped a lot more if and when Daniel Jones comes back. Uh, I take a look at Robbie Anderson. He's 32% available, and while he does certainly carry risk, he's been a bit of a disappointment this year. Uh, things have turned around quite a bit recently for him. In the last five games, he's had some very good games. Now, some of those were in easy matchups against the Redskins, who are a pretty mediocre defense, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami, all bad defenses. And then last week versus the Ravens, that's a tough defense, but it's just one of his five games. Uh, but he did really turn into a lot of production. In the last five games, he's got three touchdowns and a two-point conversion. He's gone over 100 yards twice. He also had 86 yards and 66 yards. And he's really worked his way into that role. It's weird. I don't understand Robbie Anderson. It seems like every year of his career, he stinks and he stinks and he stinks. And then he turns it on for about five games, and then he stinks for another 10. Um, but at this point, I definitely like him. And when you're coming off a game with four catches, 66 yards, and a two-point conversion versus a tough Baltimore Ravens defense, that's really not so bad. And I don't think he's great. He's not a must-start every week, but he's a must-own. Uh, and that's something that we should talk about. We always do. I mean, I always see it hop on Instagram, hop on YouTube, hop on wherever on the internet. And it's like must-starts this week, must-starts this week. But like, let's talk about depth, right? Let's talk about your bench. Who are the must-owns? The guys you don't have to start, but have to be on your roster for me at wide receiver uh, probably coming in at a wide receiver four or five or six and that sort of range on the bench Robbie Anderson is definitely one of those guys uh, Brashad Perryman he is 90% available and man I'm telling you right now if you played him this week I know a few people who, who really took a gamble on him if you played him this week good for you it certainly worked out for you um, 
that was very risky, but man, it worked out for you. And this week coming up, you definitely are glad you picked him up and you own him. Again, at 90% available, not many of you did, but definitely, definitely, definitely pick him up this week. This is the guy, the wide receiver of all the wide receivers to pick up this week. With Mike Evans out and Chris Godwin questionable, he could be the number one wide receiver in the Tampa Bay offense. Um, now, here's what we know right now. Godwin, in the last game, had a non-contact injury that he suffered while running a route. I believe it was in the middle of the third quarter, um, and he was actually pulled off to the sidelines. looked like he was actually pretty limp. Um, and went in the locker room and just very quickly later turned out that he was not, he was just, he was ruled out. He was not coming back in that game. And I don't expect him to. He's too young and too talented on a team that doesn't have Super Bowl contention hopes. Um, but we get Perryman, who's coming into this role, and he's played great recently. Five catches, 87 yards, three catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown, and then five catches, 113 yards, and three touchdowns. That is what his last three games have looked like. Furthermore, he plays the Texans this week along the 15th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So very middle-of-the-road pass defense there. Uh, Perryman, for me, is the must-play, must-own wide receiver of the week. Um, as they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. If you were unfortunate enough to have Mike Evans or Chris Godwin go down for you, well, then your treasure... Um, your trash is the injury, but the, your treasure is Perryman, and hopefully you can go out there and get that solid replacement. I would not be at all surprised to see him get, you know, five to seven catches over 100 yards and a touchdown or two this coming week, um, as Winston's got to throw the ball somewhere. Um, also got to talk about D.D. Westbrook and Chris Connolly, both guys to take a look at. D.J. Chark is out, making them the number, the wide receiver one and two. Now, Chris Connolly is 78% available to D.D. Westbrook's 30% available, but they've both been very productive recently. Heading into last week, Westbrook has 29 catches off 40 targets uh, since week seven was fifth best qualifying catch percentage among wide receivers among i believe 67 qualifying wide receivers in fact the league average is 61 catch percent his is 72 so that's a big number he's been very effective um last week was bad versus oakland um he had just two catches for 14 yards though they did win 20 to 16 so you win a game it's a low scoring game and they are slightly managing Gardner Minshew who's you know a bit unexperienced uh probably more than a bit but you know what i'm saying um, anyways, you know, he's a guy who's going to get you probably seven to nine targets a game. Chris Connolly, on the other hand, he actually played better this last game. His four, his four catches for 49 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and his last few games have been great. Six catches, four catches, four catches, one, and then four. Uh, so, yeah, the volume is there for those guys. Absolutely. I would pick them up. And when we consider all the wide receivers who are injured, who are banged up, who have tough matchups and maybe aren't already great or guys who are, again, injured, not playing this week, going to sit. All in all, I definitely have to consider the fact that for a lot of people, they are very playable this week, though I don't love them. So and especially playing in a championship game, I hope you have better options. Um, but if you're desperate, those are some guys to take a look at. Of the two, I like Westbrook more. He did have an off week, and I understand that uh, Chris Connolly played better. But before that, he was playing far better. He had six catches on 103 yards off nine targets. Then he gets hurt, um, so he misses two weeks, and they have the bye week. Comes back, he has six targets, four catches, nine targets, eight catches, eight targets, five catches, and seven targets, six catches. So you can see that before last game, he was getting more targets and usage and production than Connolly. So yeah, I do expect D.D. Westbrook uh, to be the guy I like more than Connolly. Um, but let's move on to one more wide receiver to take a look at this week. 
you're looking for a standard league guy 30 percent available marquez brown is definitely a guy to take a look at also that's my catch race now my apologies i probably said that 15 times in this video already um but Oh, well, it's too late. Anyways, Marquez Brown, take a look at him. Here's why. He's got seven touchdowns on just 43 catches. So he's got very low volume this year, uh, but he is top four in touchdown rate per catch amongst NFL wide receivers. He's been great. In fact, he's got four touchdowns in the last six games while only averaging a little over three catches a game. And so... That's why I say, you know, in a PPR league, I lean away from him because you're really gambling on a touchdown. But if you're in a standard league, you're essentially gambling on a touchdown anyways because you don't get points for catches. And yardage is great, but really touchdowns are king in standard league. So Marquez Brown is a guy to take a look at. Most players in the NFL, I do not trust to be touchdown dependent. I don't care how phenomenal you are. I just don't trust you to do it. But in this Ravens offense, in an offense where Lamar Jackson can just barely throw 200 yards and still somehow manage five touchdowns, four passing touchdowns, yeah, I do. This is one of the most phenomenal and efficient offenses in the NFL. And one of the things that they're really able to do is, is throw the ball in the red zone pretty effectively. Uh, because they run the ball with their running backs, with their quarterback, on all these different schemes and how effective he is, teams get into the red zone. They really focus on that. And you actually see John Harbaugh, the coaching staff, the Ravens as a whole, they capitalize on that and they throw a fair amount of touchdowns considering, again, um, Marquez Brown in standard leagues does carry some risk, but like I said, touchdowns are king. You're gambling on a touchdown in a standard league anyways, so Marquez Brown is definitely a guy to look at this week. Uh, for the tight ends, Higby has been so impressive. In the last three weeks, he's had 107 yards, 116 yards, and 111 yards, and his usage has increased. Uh, so the first game, he had eight targets, seven catches, 107 yards. Then he had 11 targets, seven catches, 116 yards. Then he saw 14 targets and 12 catches for 111 yards. So he's increased his targets three straight weeks. When he came out that first game, he had eight, uh, seven catches for over 100 yards in the touchdown. He looked great, but my first thought was, we'll see when Gerald Everett comes back. But Gerald Everett has not been back and very well may not be back. And even when he is back, it's abundantly clear to me the Higby is the guy, and he's a guy who gets more targets than some wide receivers. Again, he's got so many, so many targets. He's got over 30 targets in the last three games. Absolutely pick him up. Consider playing him for sure. He's not even a guy to look at. He's a guy to capitalize on now before he is owned. Again, he is 33% available. Not super highly available, um, but definitely worth peeking in your league just to see what's out there because he certainly may be. But there are a few other tight ends to talk about, so let's move on and get to those guys. Another guy is Mike Gesicki. Um, two weeks ago against the Jets, he had just one catch for six yards. That offense as a whole struggled, but he bounced back last week, four catches for 47 yards. And the two prior weeks, he had two back-to-back -back touchdowns those games and had 28 and 79 yards. And he's a guy who's actually fair in his catches. He's actually getting quite a bit of usage, and I like him as a dynasty guy for next year. Not necessarily to keep, but mostly just to keep my eye on. Because over the last, I believe, seven games, he's had uh, six catches, three catches, four, three, five, one and four so he's a guy who could easily get you four to six catches in a game and a lot of people struggle to translate standard league to ppr let me do it for you it's pretty simple every six every six catches count it as a touchdown i mean that's essentially what it is so if a guy is able to get you six catches in a game that's worth a touchdown it really is that's kind of straightforward there's a little bit more to it than that but 
Absolutely. Mike Gesicki, he's been turning things on lately. Um, and again, he is 72% available. Plays the Bengals this week, who a lot of the 10th fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. But I said it earlier in the video, they're not a good defense. Uh, they just look like a better fantasy defense or look like a better defense as far as allowing opposing fantasy players not much because you score 20 points on them and essentially you beat the Bengals at this point. But let's move on. We got two more tight ends to talk about. Um, one of them being Jason Witten. Jason Witten has found the end zone in two of the last three weeks. He's got five catches, one, six, five, and four. So he's a fair start as far as getting volume and getting some PPR points. Um, he's only going to get you about 30 to 40 yards. But if he can get you five catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown, that'll equate to like 15 fantasy points or whatever. That's a pretty good day. So I definitely take a look at playing uh, Jason Witten this week. He plays the Eagles. They give up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends, but they do give a lot of points to wide receivers because as a whole, they're a bad pass defense. And again, he's not a guy who's moving the chains a lot. He's used all the time. He's typically one of those more red zone threats, or if you're in a you know, third and short, move the chains. Um, a guy who plays a lot like a basketball player gets in the right situation. He'll just box out, make the catch and fall over. I've seen him do it quite a few times this year. So especially take a look at him if you're looking for sort of a, a tight end and deeper leagues. I don't like this guy as a top six tight end, but I do like this guy for sure, probably even in a 12 team league. And I mean, I have to imagine this week, he's probably going to be inside the top 12 for tight ends. And uh, finally, guys, Dallas Goder, he is much like some of the other guys we've talked about. Now, it's been four straight games without a touchdown, but he's had, you know, seven catches, six catches, five catches. So, again, like some of those other guys, he's getting a lot of catches. He's good to get you about 40 to 60 yards. Um, and in the past, he had quite a bit of touchdown, uh, quite a bit of touchdowns in weeks prior. He's 39% available. He's got a good matchup versus the Cowboys. They give up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And the biggest thing he benefits from is Carson Wentz has got to throw the ball somewhere with all those wide receivers out. The number two targets are Ertz and then Godard. I mean, that's really what it's been like. In fact, I was watching the Eagles game earlier and it was funny. It was like the fourth quarter. I don't remember how much time was left in the game. But it was like the fourth quarter and he had thrown uh, just 21 yards to his wide receivers, Carson Wentz had. And yet he had thrown like 130 yards to his tight ends and running backs combined. So you can really see the way that offense is working right now. Goder as a tight end too, makes some people uncomfortable. I know you want the guy who's the guy who's the starter. And I mentioned it many times before. The tight end position is simply so thin that in deep leagues, he should be played anyways, especially in deep PPR leagues, where again, he's going to get you, you know, four, five, six catches a game, which could essentially equate to a touchdown. Um, but that's my wrap up for this video, guys. Um, I didn't talk about dynasty pickups. If you are wondering about that, if you are out of it and you just want to say, hey, who should I pick up as a potential keeper for next year? Then you know what? Leave a comment down below. I would love to talk about it with you guys, and I'll be making those Dynasty Keeper League videos coming up soon. I just haven't had time. Things have been crazy busy recovering uh, from being sick and trying to do all these videos without Rob, as well as do a good quality, uh, good quality videos now because you know some of us are trying to win championships now. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for your support. You guys have been fantastic. I absolutely appreciate everything that you guys do for me. You guys have a good day and God bless.